This episode of the Two Half Squads is brought to you by Bounding Fire Productions and RitterCreek.com. Get all your ASL stuff from those. If you, if you, I think you should buy from both of them equally. But if you can't buy from both of them, buy from one. Flip a coin. They're both great sources for ASL. But Lots yeah, of great products. At least you can buy all your Bounding Fire at River Creek and support both at once. Oh, I that's a very good point. Dave, that's why <laughs> you brought me along you today. That, you are the genius. Quite good. And I welcome, am the genius. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The one and only podcast dedicated, sometimes 100%, to the greatest game in the world. That would be Advanced Squad, Squad Leader. 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 And someday, it might be within our lifetime, there will be a successor to Advanced Squad Leader. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like D&D 5e? Yeah. Will there be a, a version 3 of the rulebook? Or will it expand into other... Theaters just, of combat. Yeah, just you know, it other, is now. Other eras. Modules. Oh, well, Korea. Korea's coming up. Yeah. But maybe that... World yeah. War One. Could be. Yeah. They'd be less Vietnam. advanced. Vietnam, certainly, would be a good got one. Ambush, got all kinds of things. Yeah. Aircraft carriers would be cool. That would be on the ocean. Yeah. I, oh, you know, who well, knows? you know... There was this game put out by Le Franc <laughs> about the motor goat bun, bun motor goat bun rules. Oh yeah, the motor boat gun motor, motor boat gun rules encounters included. Look at and I have yet to play that. That sold out quick. That looks like it's the uh, raid at Saint Nazaire. Oh and right, you yes. slam your boat into the gate and then these. You attack, and these ships are lined up in the dock, and they can fire at the... Yeah, cool. i got to get to that. On Christmas Day in the morning? On Christmas Day in the morning. I didn't know you were tone deaf. I'm kidding. And what's up, Jeff? What's new? I've said that. I've used that joke too many times. What's new? Well, it's the end of July. Uh... I have finished my big projects, I think, until the next one comes along, which I'm very happy about because since about February 1st, I have been working six or seven days a week. Work project, not project of building those model kits you have. No, no, unfortunately. No, it was work projects, and uh, this week it's going to be rolling out. One of them is going to be rolling out to 400 users Mm. at one of my clients, so I'm a little nervous about that, but since I was the one and only developer on the project. I'm a little nervous about that. So we'll see what mm. happens. But the good news is those projects are behind me. I'm going to start taking a little more spare time, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. And I think I deserve it. So coming up in uh, in August, I'm planning to not start work until 9 a.m. every day. I've been starting at 7 or mm. 6.30. And not working past 5 o'clock. I've been working till 7 o'clock at night. Wow, you've been and, doing 12-hour days. Yeah, and not working on the weekends. No more weekends for the month of August. That's my, my goal, to get caught up on reading and ASLing and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, And I, I think I deserve it, don't you? You do. Time. Yeah, 12-hour days, is, it's a, that's the grind, man. It was, really, it was really wearing on me. And today, Robbie and I went to uh, the beach 
because we live near Lake Michigan. We don't get over to Lake Michigan all that often, but we have found a great little spot that I shouldn't Fort tell anybody Sheridan. about. Fort Sheridan. My son went there last week, two weeks ago. Really? Strange. Never hear about it until yeah. he just mentioned it. Now you mention it. Yeah. And it was, it's been a fort since, I think, the Civil War time. And it was, uh, it was a pretty significant spot for, for training. In fact, it comes up a lot as I'm reading stuff. I was reading something the other day about General Clark. I can't remember his first name, who was uh, Eisenhower's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. During World War II, he trained at Fort Sheridan. And you know, a lot of famous people trained there. It was a big deal. And I think in 1993, the U.S. government finally closed it down, and they converted it. They sold off the land, and uh, a clever developer converted all of the existing buildings into condos. And it's beautiful. Hmm. It is absolutely beautiful there. Excellent. I mean, if, it, if I can imagine if I was in the Army, that's where I would want to be training. <laughs> It's a real beach on Lake Michigan. I never think of beaches. I don't like lake beaches, Great Lakes beaches much. I generally don't. We generally don't either. We like Florida beaches. Um, But we really like the beaches at Fort Sheridan, partially because they're secluded. You have to walk maybe a quarter of a mile to get to the beach. Do you have to wear pants? Uh, You don't have to, but you'll get arrested probably if you don't. But there are very few people, and they're, uh, it's a very nice beach. It's beautiful there. So we went there today and enjoyed the sun. Good for you. Yeah. And we're thinking about moving there. Into the condos? Into the condos. I'm waiting for somebody to just come up and offer me one. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, sell this place. Yeah. So we've been doing that, and I've watched a couple of uh, World War II movies recently as I'm my projects were winding down. I finally watched Guadalcanal Diary. Okay, I have not seen that one. Oh, really? I I recommend it. We could do that on Spine and Sprocket. We could, actually, yes. Our sister podcast. Because that was based on a book written by a... a uh, and it's just coincidental. I th- Actually, I, I think I wanted to watch this because on Spine and Sprocket we had watched... Um, we were soldiers. We were soldiers. And we read a book about that, which was written by General, uh, Lieutenant General Hal Moore mm-hmm. and so Galloway, the, uh, um, the embedded reporter. I guess you would call him an embedded reporter. And the Guadalcanal Diary was written kind of in the same way. A reporter went along on that action. I think there were only two reporters on that. He wrote this book in 19, January of 1943. I think it was published and was a very big bestseller, and they made a movie out of it the same year. And uh, very, very enjoyable movie. It's a classic old World War II movie. Excellent. I saw War for the Planet of the Apes. Was that in World War II? <laughs> you did see that. Why did you see that? Because I'm an ape you go. You go to all the I'm ape an ape movies. fanatic. How are you liking the new storyline that they've... That this is all taking. You know, okay. Um, the film was good. It's kind of dark. Um, of course, special effects are great and so on. And But it's, t- you know, the original series had a creation story of Caesar being born of Cornelius and Zira. We should finish the, those original Apes films for Spine and for Sprocket. For Spine and Sprocket. Louder. There you go. And... 
Our bell is losing its spring. Here, I'll put it on here. Put it right over here. And so, yeah, uh, and that was, he was intelligent because he was, they came to the past. Cornelius and Zira in the spaceship had the baby. was hunted down by the government. Right. And he survived in the circus, hidden. And then he was, uh, apes were now slaves of humans. Spoiler alert. A spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, apes were now slaves of humans, and so then they revolted and started to take over. Well, they're telling a similar creation okay, story, are, yeah, right, yeah. In their story, that's right. The, 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 we have um, Alzheimer's medicine trials on apes, right. makes them smart, and then they take over, and then there's this disease that helps wipe out mankind, and so on. They haven't had a new. I thought a nuclear destruction would happen at the end of this film, War of the Planet of the Apes. You know, yeah. the Statue of Liberty would get knocked over, and but no, there was mankind. They were kind of wiped out. There were two forces against each other. I guess I don't remember that in the earlier. Yeah, it's not in iteration. A, there was a war that, or there was a, a virus or something that wiped out a lot of humankind. Pets. Is that right? In the original series, the virus wiped out the pets, so they took apes as pets and then made them apes as slaves. Oh, okay. Then it was nuclear destruction that wiped out mankind. Yes, right. And so in this story, yeah, there was they had a disease in there too, which it wasn't played up well in the films, but it was mentioned like in the opening credits or something. Oh, okay. So yeah, but anyway, you know, I, I'm ready for them to start wearing clothing and the apes, and get it more back to like, yeah. ape city and stuff. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, that's what I like. Yeah, that original series, I still say. Well, here it's are a review on Spine and Sprocket. Yeah. It's a great series. And not I'm not sure they're doing it justice by redoing it, actually. Because it's not... I haven't really enjoyed... Is the this the third one now? Third one. Of, I saw the first two. I haven't seen this third one. But, yeah. I, you know, I thought they were okay. But Yeah. Not, not as good as the originals. I think the first one was the best one so far. Yeah. Although this one's got some great reviews. A lot of people have liked it, so... Yeah. Uh, but... Otherwise, my summer, I'm off here. I'm painting, did some painting. Youth pastor's house and friend, Marianne, did her garage door. Looks all beautiful white. You're a good man, Dave. Well, I, I charged them a little oh. under my usual rates. Oh, you're not as good as I thought. Well, for Josh, I volunteered my time. But ah. Hey, the kids worked with me. Yeah. And we paid them 10 an hour. So Josh is paying a little bit to get that done. And uh, stuff like that in my own house. Got to get it done. Get it done. Yep. Uh, I watched another movie, The Fighting Sullivans. Oh, yeah. You ever my seen that one? Used, nope. My dad loved that one. That was a heartwarming movie. And that's the movie and the story upon which uh, Saving Private Ryan was later. Right. Because they that where that idea sprang from. The, yeah. yeah. And it's about the, these five brothers who... Grew up together. Most 99, 95% of the movies is just them growing up and all of the antics and uh, the interactions and their family life and all that. It's and not, so not about really the, a war film, then. It's huh? not a war film. The last five minutes shows them on the ship and their di- their death and then, uh, you know, the, the after effect of that. So, interesting movie. I kind of actually flipped through a, a little bit of it because... It was kind of long. So, not a World War II movie, especially, but 
I think people should see it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, and you're for you're, historical. You're well reasons. known for your short attention span. Yes, yes, I am. I understand it was a very tough movie for the audiences, though. In the in the time this came out in 1944, and people had a hard time watching it because it was uh, true. Yeah, it was true, and it was still pretty fresh. The idea was pretty fresh. So, anyway, got more. I I think my next one coming up is uh, oh Hacksaw Ridge, which we talked about. Yeah, and we I'll will do that, that for Spy and Sprocket. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, yeah, getting caught up. What have you been playing lately? Darn it. What have you been playing lately? Jeff, that's a great instrument. What kind of instrument is that? It's a flout. It's where, a flout. Where did you get it? I think I'm playing it upside down. I actually got this. Where did I get this? I think I ordered this on Amazon. I've got one over there that I, I, I bought at the Renaissance Fair one year. I was, you know, Dave and I both love to go to the Renaissance Fair. I couldn't find anything to buy. And I thought, I, I'm here. I got to buy something. So there's a guy selling flutes, and I bought a flute. But this is actually a bamboo flute. Um, and I, I think I was into Asian flute music and I thought I could learn to play the flute, but, I, how much do you practice? Well, just during this part, sequence right here <laughs> for what you've been playing lately. I always think I'm going to, I think I'll stand at my computer, I'll be working and I can work on my flute, but. <laughs> so it's not Jethro Tull inspired? It's, no, it's not. That, though that would be great. If I could do that. But was that an expensive one? The flute? I think yeah. this was about $30. For bamboo with some holes in it. And there's a little string at the, the end. How long is it, actually? The flute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are my questions better? Those are good questions. That's a really good question, Dave. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What have What have you been playing lately? I should I do mine? You, yeah. Why don't you? you not yeah. Why don't you, go ahead. you just told us you work twelve hour days. Yeah. I've been trying. You know, I've been. I just haven't had the energy to devote a three or four hour block of time to deep to, thinking to deep thinking ASL. So you know, I've been perusing the the forums. I've been reading the rules here and there and magazines and. And you made and a comment like about the our last show interview with alan yeah that he could enjoy the game without playing the game yes did we make that on the air that comment yes yeah that was on the air so yeah if you didn't hear last episode people makes me wonder how many people listen to this show maybe who don't play asl who like who play with asl but don't play asl yeah well it's hard to find an opponent for a lot of people true yeah and true dad yeah but, but yeah. So and you were also expressing that it, enjoying playing it's n- not always something you always enjoy when you play ASL. Right. I don't always love the actual playing. I like a lot of the other stuff as well, and it makes me feel like there's something wrong with me. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like the way the only way I really should be enjoying it, I get pressure from people. They don't mean hey, they don't need come to, and play. They don't hey. mean to pressure me, but well, you know they'll say. Uh, have you been to this tournament? No. Oh, you got to go to the tournament. You got to go and you got to play all these people. And I think, nah, no, I really don't. <laughs> Not to enjoy it. I yeah. don't. No, I Do think. I? Yeah. 
then I always again, think we, something wrong with me. Well, no, because we've talked similarly. There's lots of people who can't, can't do a three-day thing, yeah. can't play that long yeah. of a thing. And that's why I like when we have done things, we've recorded and then played a one game yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. You know, and it's nice Always enjoy and easier, that. you know. But, um, yeah, well, speaking of enjoying a game, I guess I played this one, Frontiers and Pioneers. Uh, it was reviewed in Banzai, issue 14. Volume, no, volume 14, number one. It was reviewed or came out in? Uh, it was a serious replay. From... No, it was, oh, it was? like oh. talked about. Oh, okay. So if you wanted some hints on how to play it, you could read that. I never did go back and read the article, but oh, okay. you can see I would write down what magazines discussed the, the scenarios oh, that's in the top of the scenario. That's brilliant. Yeah. But then you got to take the time to go back and reread it for Yeah, hints. but at least you know where where it came from. Wait, actually, I did reread it, Jeff. I did, and I found a pointer in, in the beginning of the article, because I didn't finish the article, that talked about there's a line of sight from the steeple to this entrance hex of the Germans. So I did. Oh. I put my machine gun up there, and I hit the Germans coming on their motorcycles Oh, on the first turn and got no one because oh, I rolled <laughs> yeah. bad, and then I rolled bad, and then the rest of his guys could go around the hex? No, I think they had to enter that hex. This is something just familiar. I, maybe I've played something similar to that where I was targeting the entrance hex, and it didn't work out very well for me. Yeah, either. you have all these high hopes. Oh, motorcycles yeah. are all going to come on there. I'm going to nail more heat. Maybe he came on with the vehicle. Armored assault. You can't do that with motorcycles. But they all enter as riders. I'm looking here at uh, Russia 41. It's AP 42 from the action pack. And uh, everyone enters as riders. Vehicles come on in these motorcycles. The infantry are all on. They come on a couple of hexes. So, you, you, you know. But... So, yeah, he moved on, got into these woods, did a good job, dismounted the motorcycles. You leave them alone at that point because this is kind of, you got to plow forward. Well, you got to control two zones. No, and or the two zones. So you could use your motorcycles to zip around the back and take a back zone. Oh, I see. Within this crossroads or within this front crossroads. Okay. Front and back and a village in between there. So I had the Russians, and when you ended it after the first night, it's Mike Stubitz. Hmm. So he's known as a little bit of a slower player. I think he's getting better, but you know he's a real thinker and he's thinking out loud. Yes, he's a lot very careful. You can, yeah, and not for no reason. Right, he plays well as yeah. a result of it. Yeah, and so he he got all into those areas, and then but there's a point cap, and so for the German for the Russians, if you're playing this. You know, you you want to go for that point cap. Um, we ended the game. He had a tank in the middle of these buildings. I so I kind of had him surrounded on two sides. He had me surrounded on those other sides because he shot this vehicle in the middle. He loves doing all that kind of thing to you. Yeah. And looking at the board, you look at it and think, oh, this is anyone's game, maybe even the Russians' game. So I had high hopes. Uh, fired an L, an anti tank rifle point blank into the back of one of these vehicles. Ooh. I needed that five points. Yeah. Missed by one. No. Then he overran my gun. I have his AA gun on a road in the back. Uh, he overran that with his tank, and it has a rate of fire three. Well, you can turn that thing, shoot at the front of that tank, which you're not going to kill it. Uh, its kill number just wasn't high enough, 25 LL. Oh. And then it gets rate, so then you shoot in hex, and he's overrunning, so it gets rate. 
it's like third shot i killed the tank it was overrunning me and your color die tells you if it's a uh side hit a rear hit or oh, anything yes, like that right right and um well, then you overran yeah. me again with another tank same gun and i missed killing it by one mm-hmm. again if i had that tank with the atr and that tank with that gun game one yeah. i win the game yeah win the game over 25 combat points yeah i was already up to like 14 and then getting closer and closer so anyway, I, I, if you can't tell, I drastically lost at the end. Oh. Just everything started going wrong, and he's a smart player, so he's surrounding you. He's doing all that stuff. You have Molotovs, so people are hesitant to vehicle freeze you. So don't forget your Molotovs. Oh, right. the Russian. You can toss that out there get a kill number of maybe eight or something. But, but anyway, but I remember being very, very giddy at one point. And then getting just kind of... Because things were so, going so well. Yeah. Yeah. And then just getting kind of depressed. Were you cl- like clicking your heels, jump that jump up and click your <laughs> heels thing during... I actually clapped the, my hands did really, you really rapidly well, together. Yeah, I've never actually <laughs> seen that. <laughs> um, and I noticed later Mike got giddy. And then... Mike got giddy. He apologized. Yeah. He was like, oh, oh man, this is... Oh, this is going... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh sorry, Dave. Yeah. Like, no, you should enjoy it. I was <laughs> yeah. giddy three turns ago. And now the fact that I'm not having fun, that's my own mental problem. How quick, yeah, how quickly you know? the things I mean, turn. I wasn't a bad opponent. Like, I was once with Jim Poffenberger. I had to apologize. But, you know, I was just bummed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I kept playing another turn. I was ready to quit. And then you got to fight that battle off. Because, again, I just need to kill one or two of these other tanks. So yeah. I'm hanging in there to the very end trying to get this thing. And then yeah. my big gun, you Russians, you got the KV-1, 76-millimeter cannon. Your armor's oh. eight all the way around. You are the monster on the board. Yes. Of course, what happened to my main armament? Kaplunk. And couldn't oh, fix it for the oh, last man. three or four turns. So you keep going, going, I just got to fix this gun. I just got to fix this gun next turn, and I can get that tank or yeah. two, and I win. But, yeah, so anyway. Well, at some point you know when it's mathematically just uh, not going to work out for you. Yeah, when I had two so. squads left, and he killed that tank, I think. Yeah. How'd he kill that one? Yeah, he got it somehow. Was he using his uh, motorcycle guys no, effectively? pretty much unloaded him into the woods. Oh, okay. Up, up close, so he oh. used a, a full move, I think. The way it probably should be done. Otherwise, you could, as a German, keep him up and run him around the backside to take that back victory hex zone. Because maybe your Russian opponent won't set up back there strong. You might be able to do that and surprise them. But then you got to be worried about the negs shooting at the riders, and you got to bail out. So it's dangerous. I, I never thought about that. Is that I, I assume yeah. uh, when you dismount a motorcycle, it's a full squad. If you're using the motorcycle with the three, yeah, it can be a ha- if you get a K slash on them, they go to half squad. It's guys, a half squad. Okay. Then, half then it's got two motorcycles. motorcycles. On it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you yeah. have single counters also. Yeah. And my last one for this. I guess I didn't play a lot of ASL, or we recorded sooner than later. I don't know. The Devil's Fact. Wait a minute. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Into the Rubble by Bounding Fire Productions. Oh, yes. A good pack. Into the Rubble 17. Now, that new pack, they expanded all their scenarios. I was just finishing playing them all with Tom Barclow, mm-hmm. and then they added like eight more into the oh, remake, okay. Into the Rubble 2. Oh, yes, right. And, uh,. So now I got a lot of more work to do, and Tom is retired and looking to move to Florida. So I'm happy for him, but it's too bad. It is too bad. He's yeah. one of our he's favorite good guys, guy. I think. Yeah, he's a great guy. Could talk, a guy you could talk to all night. Yeah. Any topic. Science, yeah. anything. 
current events. Uh, I was the American... Politics? I won with politics. Religion? Uh, not as much. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yes. <laughs> the great, how about the Great Pumpkin? No. Okay, yeah, no. not at all. Uh, no. American, I played Americans and I won. I'll let it come back to me. Oh, yeah. The Germans are set up. It's not really a rubbly game. Where, where, when, when, and where was uh, this action? Uh, February, uh, Italy, forty-four. Italy, oh, oh, forty-four. Okay. There's a small village with a little bit of rubble in it, and the Americans set up in this stream over on one side and come in on the other side like a flank. So you have American flank force coming in, and these guys come in trying to get out of this river. My river force guys came out. All breaking morale. Morale is six, Jeff. I know you said you like the Americans. But. Um, yeah, I don't for that reason. No, <laughs> the, I mean because that really is. I mean they got crummy. all the cool toys, but sixes. Yeah. I kept breaking, and but it's six on the flip side too. Eight. Oh, it's eight on the flip the, side. That's yes, the right, beauty. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah, he'd be so shooting my broken ones, hoping to get points. Although yeah. I don't think he wins if he gets points. Yeah, provided the Americans do not lose thirty-eight. Which is an automatic German victory. So you've got to preserve your tanks as American. Yeah. And when you shoot your broken guys, you're like, oh no, I'm going to lose a point on each one. No, you're not. You've got eight morale. Yeah. So they're going to survive and creep back into the stream and duck down low to try and rally. And Did you I, get uh, enough leaders? How many leaders? Yeah, yeah. And you could set up this. Yeah, Americans 8 0, 8, eight neg 1, 9 neg 1, and 1 force. The other one's got the 9 neg 2 and the 8 neg 1. Oh, okay. Yeah. Plenty. And so that force of 10 squads with the 9 neg 2, I just set up the kill stack. Ended up being a six six three six 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 squads. Okay, eighteen. The eight eight firepower machine gun with the rate of three. Nice. The fifty cal is that the fifty cal? And the uh, medium. I think it was on a thirty, like thirty even up. <laughs> oh yeah. Once I got those assembled, do. they start not assembled, so you have to take time uh, to assemble yeah. it. Then you start opening up. You're breaking any German you hit practically yeah. in the front line while my guys rally, and then they make their second attack, and they do much better because the defense was depleted. And then my attack on the other saying, you better drop your smoke. You better drop your smoke. You got a light breeze. You got a pre-registered hex. And uh, he's got an 88, you know, the big old 88LL anti-tank gun. The, oh, yes. And it, it'll take out anything it hits. Hit my first vehicle, and everyone else hid <laughs> from it because my smoke missed it by one hex. Oh. Otherwise, I would have smoked it in my opening. Then you can run up. So that's what you got to look at to do for what, sure. What vehicles did you have? A, a bit of a variety. M5A1s, two of those, an okay. M10 GMC, and a M4A1, four of those. Yeah. M4A1s, 75-millimeter gun, 76L. He's got a Stug and a Panzer IV, and then that, a couple AT guns. And both of you got OBA. Oh, nice. So my, my one force ran around the smoke, around the rear. I'm thinking, oh, he's not shooting me. He doesn't have anything back here. That one hex of guys, I'm going to be able to get around there, get in that building. Well, his spotter could see the back of that building. Oh. So he had all these guys right outside the building ready to jump in and close combat him. And bam, down came all the OBA. Oh. And I broke and had to route. Kind of he like, was accurate? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I hate that. Yep. So that was exciting, but in the end, I did pull that one out. Yeah. So good for you. You played anything lately? I have not played anything lately. Actually, Mike has been uh, out of commission for a couple of uh, for some personal oh, reasons. Oh yes, yes. And so uh, I've just you know, like I said, I've been trying to read more and 
watch movies and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully by next time I'll have a couple of scenarios under my belt. Is that where they go? Under your belt? They do. Yeah. Safe place to keep Is that keep where you them. keep yours? Uh-huh. Under your belt? Yep. Okay. Even when you're not wearing pants. Correct. I love that about you. It's tough. I'm tough. Yeah. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. Are you ready to go to Mayhem in Manila? I sure am, Dave. I've got my bags packed. I've got my passport and my hat. Do you have your OBA cards? No, I don't. How would I get some? Why, you'd have to go to Ritterkrieg and order some. Ritterkrieg? I don't know anything about it. Tell me. Well, this is the great online store of ASL equipment. ASL wooden gaming products like dice towers, custom-made tabletops, an ammo box map and map case, and all kinds of ASL products. You can order yours today and have it shipped to Mayhem in Manila. I wow. I'm going to get all that stuff. I know what I'll do. I'll tell my wife I can't afford to take her, but I'll take all my Ritter stuff with me. But Jeff, you might be able to take her because a donor has donated our air flight (laughs) to Asia. Sweet. All right, then this is the best thing that could happen. I can take my wife, I can take all my Ritter Krieg equipment, and we're going to Mayhem Mayhem in Manila. Manila. And these OBA cards aren't the crappy kind that we sold on our podcast. No. These are those really cool quality ASL OBA cards. It's a gigantic deck of cards that you can use for all of your OBA requirements. All of your OBA requirements. And you know what makes ordering from Ritter Krieg the best option for any pre-orders? Tell me. They have free shipping. (gasps) Impossible. Take that, MMP. Well, that's a beautiful thing. So, how do we get to... uh order this Ritter Krieg stuff? Well, you simply go to Ritterkrieg.com R-I-T-T-E-R-K-R-I-E-G dot com. I'm heading there right now. See you in Manila, Dave. See you in Manila. Next is letters. Letters. Correspondence, that is. People who write to us. People who can write. Yes, <laughs> and people who can speak the king's English. They I write just, to us and they tell us great things. I'd just like to note, Jeff, that Dave B. had put his name in for the hat, and I think he's the one that we forgot to put in. So we signed oh, we there, signed him our, a hat, yeah. and we mailed that out to him. Yeah. To let everyone know. Thank you for taking care of that. We are good. Our word is good. What am I trying to say? Yeah. We're, we are as good as our... No, that's not it. <laughs> when we make a stupid mistake, like leaving someone out of a yeah. pool, we try to fix it. Yeah. How many hats do we have left now? Two. Oh, wow. Literally. Yeah. I think they're going on eBay. There's going to be a bidding war big time for Hopefully. those. One is signed. We signed it. Yeah. The second time we ate lunch. Yeah. Those are beautiful. And Dave B. also sent another email. He talked about portable map um, protection. PMP? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going, yeah, he's going talking to... talking about PMP. He said he's going to a... 
Houston for a conference, not for the tournament that just passed, but and wanted to bring his ASL starter kit play and was trying to think of a way to do this without worrying about the box. One, all the maps, instructions, and scenarios fit nicely in a one-inch binder with page protectors, mm-hmm. which now the maps are these thin ones. Yeah. So I hadn't thought of that. They probably would now all fit. Like, I keep my scenarios all in those binders. Right. Yeah. Um, and he recommends, I, he says, I organize the counters into small Ziploc bags, which all go into one sandwich-sized Ziploc bag. So he's not lugging around the big Plano yeah. that we have. Um, he says, I like to protect my maps when playing. I needed some way to do it in a compact way. So I went to Office Depot and found two 8 by 5 by 11 signs. Office, Office Depot, <laughs> a eight, proud sponsor of the two apps. Sign clients. protectors and tape these end-to-end in the backside using a heavy-duty clear packing tape so they can fold. thought these ideas worked real well. Dave B. from Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks for those great ideas, Dave. I think you sent pictures. I'll try to remember to load them up maybe for the show. I'm always fascinated by the many and varied ways people attend to their ASL paraphernalia. And Jeff, can you tell us about Patreon? I can tell you. You know, there are a number of different ways that you can support this show if you like this show. Even if you don't like this show, you should support it anyway. Because yeah. it's good for the country. You you can write us and just tell us how great we are. You can go to our website and contribute through PayPal, which tells us how great we are and infers it. And how great you are, listeners. Yes. And yes. And then you can also subscribe to us on Patreon. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the two half squads and pledge. For instance, a dollar. Could be more. Could be more. Could be five dollars. Could be ten dollars. We've had several people at two dollars, and we really like those. And every time we publish an episode, you'll, you will get dinged a dollar or two or whatever you pledged. There's the ding. And it's an easy way for us to gently, smoothly, and inconspicuously take money out of your wallet. <laughs> you hardly would notice. Ours. You wouldn't you, even notice. Yeah, you won't even notice. One day you'll be broke and you'll wonder where it all went, and we'll have it, and we will know where it all came from. And in fact, then, I'd like to thank Dave M., Ken K., Kyle B., Lee M., David G., for all pledging on Patreon. Thank you, everybody, for your support. We appreciate it very, very much. And we we hope to keep turning out these podcasts for many, 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 many years. Or until we hit 200. Mm-hmm. Years old, I don't know. You know, we don't want to threaten the listeners, but <laughs> no, yeah. that Patreon doesn't get up into the 100-plus subscribers. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure about going beyond 200 anymore, folks, but... We'll see. Preston Youngkins wrote to us, and he says, I know I sent an email recently, but I realized I forgot a few things. I hear I have a short-term memory problem, but I also have a hearing problem, so I'm not sure about either. I'm on Mm. my second round of listening to your podcast, though I doubt I will do a third, except as needed, regarding an area of the rules or a particular product, etc., the episodes are indeed funnier the second time around. But apparently he's determining go. that the third time around is, is too much. <laughs> you, you can get too much of a good thing. You folks recently did uh, address a question I had, and that was 
the storage of third-party counters. And since you started another contest, I have a suggestion for you two for your next one. First, what product that is long out of print and is likely to remain so would you like to see come back? My my example might be time on target products. Are you familiar with this? He, he mentions this. I've got most all of them. You, how come you know because, everything? Because it was 1980. I just got an ASL when it came out, and someone had happened to sh- mention it, or I saw an ad. Or Do you have any recollection something. of like where this came from? Or? Oh, boy. Was that the Dagger Group? Detroit area gamers that did time on target. No, my memory's not that good. Oh. But um, so what was it? Scenarios and yeah, whatnot? scenario packs. Very very intricate special rules. Some people thought it was a little too much. Oh. Uh, I pl- I tried to play through all of those also. Of course, of course. And then things got so many games coming out. I've f- never quite finished their series of scenarios. Yeah, they were they were good. Yeah, time on target, man. That's a good idea to to somehow revive that. I don't know. Is there, is there copyright on stuff like that, or can I do not I know? Wonder. Yeah, I wonder about that. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say, the second idea would be something along the lines of what specialty product might you like to see more examples of or more scenarios for? For example, more MGB scenarios based on Operation Chariot or Miller Commando Gen- scenarios. Miller Genuine Draft. MGB. Oh, B. Million uh, Miller Genuine Beer. <laughs> Or commando scenarios similar to Heat of Battle Special Forces. So that's a good question for everybody. What would they like it, to see? Is that our back? new contest? Because our other one's over. We don't have anything to give away. We do. Oh, what do we have? I have a pile of stuff at home, Jeff. Oh, a pile of accumulating. stuff. So um, submit your ideas, and we will send you a pile of stuff, or something out of the pile. Let's. Uh, Dave's magical pile yes. of stuff. Submit us your ideas within like a month of this show posting, and... Uh, I'll write up the prizes we have on the website. How about that? Which I'll promptly forget yeah. to do b- tomorrow. But well, this show won't air for another week, right? We'll do yeah. interview first, then this week. Okay, that's that's it, folks. Con- that's it. Contest that's, announced. That's our HA con- contest. I'm going to call it HA. Yeah, but I'd put for, my hat in. Stands for half-assed. <laughs> I'd put my hat in the ring. You did. For... Brest-Litovsk, what we saw with uh, Alan. Oh, yeah, with Alan. I mean, that map. Someone yeah. should make that Yeah, good-looking stuff there. So. Uh, finally, are there units or groups we haven't seen focused upon in a scenario pack, such as African-American units, units made largely of Native Americans or Japanese Americans? That's a good question. I don't remember seeing any scenarios of that type. Maybe there is. Uh, I will also make my pitch for you guys to continue past 200 episodes. First, there's always new product to review. And new product, like Korea, will bring new rules to explain. And I'm still waiting for the weather rules episode. Yes, that's coming up sometime. Yes. We're kicking through terrain still. And it's true. Yeah, he brings up a good point. When Korea comes out, we're going to have another... A lot of stuff to talk about yeah. and another interview to do. Keep he's, up the good he's work. He's lined up so. to interview with us. And I... Thank you, Preston. Would like to thank Zeke and Steve A. also for pledging on Patreon. And we've received a number of uh, emails and correspondences of various kinds from our good friend Dennis Donovan, who just keeps turning out great 
music. Yes, we want to be sure to give him credit. I think that's why I left these start here in our inbox, yeah. Jeff, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, his, his new, his new um, business is Rally Phase Records. Yeah. And they're producing those great songs, parody songs. Yeah. And he's not working alone. He's working with Jim Barra, who does the sound mixing and technical oh, production. Thank you. I forgot to put Jim's name, I think, yeah. up last time. Yeah. And probably his wife is, we should uh, tip our hats to her for indulging him. Yes. And for putting up with him during this very yeah. difficult time. <laughs> yes. And we also got <laughs> notification from Dennis about the swag from Texas. Jeff and I did not get to Texas. We did not. Most of you probably were suspecting once we started hedging several shows ago. But we were included in the counter mix. Yeah. The Texas guys took everyone attending that tournament, made them into heroes. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And they graciously included Jeff and Dave. So we are very grateful. Really? To our sponsor. Bounded Fire Productions. And the Texas team tournament yeah. guys, because they're kind of combined. Yeah, they're, they're kind of yes, they're kind uh, of con- connected. For that great honor. Yeah. We are honored. Makes me feel proud from the bottom of my pure beef heart. And I'd like to thank Rob F., Eric G., Oscar V. for their kind donations on um, Patreon, as well as a good old-fashioned donation from Ian E&H, up in Scotland. Uh, thank you for your very kind donation. Not a Patreon, but a regular good old click the donate button. Yeah. Thank you very much, laddie. I had to throw that in. <laughs> of course. Got an email here from Frank, who is in the Chicago area. And he is looking for... He lives... Around Elmhurst, Illinois. We won't say exactly where because we don't want a lot of groupies showing up at his door. But Frank writes and he says, I've, I've already hooked up with Eric Ortega out in Romeoville. I'm wondering if you know of any playing clubs in the area around Elmhurst that would tolerate a new ASL player. That is, an old squad leader player, but a new ASL player. And Frank, we have uh, added you to Dave's list for the Palatine ASL group. So he'll be emailing you. And if there's anybody else out there that would like to reach out to Frank, just email us at the two half squads at gmail.com and we will connect you guys. Yes, indeed. We like to get gamers together. But we won't connect you with the hip. Correct. We also want to thank Jim B for his kind donation, as well as Lee M and which was, a, again, a Patreon, and Michael M.G. <sighs> little something special for them. Thank you for donating to Patreon. Thanks a lot. I got an email from Richard who writes and says, just a quick note to let you know that I'm a new ASL player and a new listener, and I love your show. Woohoo! I've been into board games for a while and have fond memories of playing Axis and Allies as a kid, but when I recently found out about ASL, I knew this was the game I've been looking for. I live in St. Louis, and I'm already signed up for the ASL tournament here in a few weeks, which happened just this weekend mm-hmm. as we're recording this. 
He says, I've been cherry picking your old shows since I have such a backlog and I wanted to say thanks for all the content. So thank you, Richard, for for uh, writing us and hope you'll drop us a line and let us know how it went at the tournament, how you how you found yourself there. Indeed. And I'd like to thank Malcolm C., Steve Z., and Wesley H. also for their kind support through Patreon. Now, folks, sounds like we're getting a lot of those in there, but this has been several months of emails. Yeah. And you know Dave. He's not too shy to make a request because these numbers have not even hit 30 yet, Jeff. No, we're, we're, under, we're well under 30. Email here from, here from Bill, Bill, Bill F., Jeff and Dave, Patreon didn't give an option to send you a note when I subscribed, so here's an email. A couple of shows ago, you were bantering over how old you could be and still play ASL. Well, I was wondering if anyone else has ever had the thoughts of, well, you know, if they let me keep my ASL stuff, a long jail sentence might not be all that bad. But then they probably wouldn't let me listen to your podcast, and that was just spoil it. So thanks for all your work over the years to keep me out of jail and the inevitable shiv fights over whether or not to clip the counters. There you go. Yeah, that can be very dangerous. Also, in another show, you were talking about ASL-type computer games. I found one called Battle Academy. It's very much like ASL. Hmm. Uh, it is also available on Steam, which is a... Steam.com is a... There may, I think it's actually SteamPowered.com is a website where you can go and buy video games and download them to your computer. Another World War II game I like is War Thunder. A tank and plane plane multi let's see, MMO, multi man online online yeah. 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 It's not multi man, it's multiplayer no. online M- uh, MPL I can't I used to know because <laughs> I used to play World of Warcraft and EverQuest. Anyway Bill likes those games, so I, I, we should check those out. We don't have time, but we should. <laughs> Thanks, and, Bill. And I'd like to thank Justin W., Bill F., Andrew B. also for their kind patronage on Patreon. David Garvin writes... Oh, I said his last name. <gasps> you can edit that out. David Garvin... Yeah. Hey, guys, I... Recently started listening to your podcast, going all the way back to episode one. Great job. The episodes have great info in them, even though they're almost 10 years old. As for me, I started ASL only back in early 2014. I first played the old squad leader, squad leader back in 1983. My friend came over with the box and essentially said, Welcome to Stalingrad, as we played Guards Counterattack. He got me the rules on Beyond Valor and Paratrooper back in 85 and 86. We both stared at them and surrendered to their complexity and reverted to the original. I deliberately avoided ASL for decades. Flash forward to 2014 when a co-worker saw my squad leader rulebook and noted that his friend played. So he went to set up his. Later he informed me that he played ASL. It says, uh, insert the sound of the sad trombone here. <laughs> anyway, in discussion, he noted that he had the starter kit. And I said, the what? So off to Google, and there it was. ASL Starter Kit 3 was the only one in print. So here we are in 2017. I have the entire official Avalon Hill and MMP collection, all journals and annuals, and third-party products, 
hope he's got his fill of Bounding Fire Productions props. Mm-hmm. My first full ASL game was in 2015 at, at HuzzahCon. And flash forward to 2017, I was at the Nor'easter, and I went 5-2. and two. That's One, pretty good. Five. That's very impressive. Anyway, I'm on episode 11 and working my way ahead. Keep up the great work. Thank you, David, for that very excellent email. Glad to hear you're having a good time. And congratulations on your uh, progress there. That's very impressive. And from Wes H., with all the talk of calling it a day after show 200, I thought I would better share my appreciation while I could. I have been silent appreciator of your podcast for a year now. I'm slowly working backward through your shows, like many, I suspect. I especially like the interviews and banter and comments on films. Errol Flynn's Robin Hood. Mm, you mentioned great. that, right, Jeff? Love that film, yeah. Nice to hear your experiences of it recently. Vies for top spot with the 33 King Kong, the original Dave's oh, favorite. Oh, Dave's favorites, yes. Day they stood still on my shelf right now at home. Robbie and I watched that about three weeks ago. See, Jeff, we should just be doing Spine and Sprocket all yeah, the time. Yeah, you're with right. All your movies you yeah. watch. And she generally doesn't like black and white movies, but she really got engrossed in it. Did this one, one catch her? I, yeah, Because really I've heard did. Laura would probably like it. She would. I think she would, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'll make her watch that. And they talked about struggling to get into ASL and moving, UK, a lot of things in this great letter, which we love reading. We won't read it on yeah. the air, though, all. And I said at that point, work became a nightmare. I started listening to the podcast, thought about visiting the Intensive Fire Tournament in the UK, um, so his question, over the last year, I've kept an eye on eBay, picked up first edition ASL rules in the ring binder, along with a complete Beyond Valor and Paratrooper. Oh, nice. Would like your advice, Jeff, on how to proceed. I find the rules intimidating. They are intimidating. I think the way, I, I think the way to do it is, uh, well, for me, I couldn't read through the rule book. I couldn't just open up the rule book and read through it. The way I learned was to pick a scenario and play it and refer to the rule book to get you through that scenario. And Dave's mantra is stick with infantry only. Yes, for very quite good a while. Way to start. No reason to have tanks overrunning yeah. people and add whole chapters in yeah. yet. And if you've got the that first edition rule book, he may have that chapter with the programmed learning. That was... Uh, the K, written by Jim Stoller. Yes. Yes. Chapter K. Read that which if it's take, there with your paratrooper. Takes you through it, which is good. And if you can get your hand on any ASL journals, uh, you know, or, or actually the... Um, Annuals, too? Uh, Bonsai. Mm-hmm. The Bonsai Magazine. They're all available online. Yeah. A lot of great tips and things like that. And, you know... Just get your hands in it. Get the stuff out on the boards and start moving it around. Yeah, and sometimes those articles explain the rules rather than uh, read like legalese. Yes, right. right. The rules read like legalese. A lot of parentheses, exceptions, secondary parentheses within the first parentheses. Yeah. I don't know what those are called. Yeah. And the other way, actually, that works pretty well, I've, I've never done it extensively, but if you can find an article that is a replay of a scenario where they're actually, they put all the die rolls and the movements of all the counters and set it up and follow it through. You actually learn a lot that way. That could work too. It really works. Take you some time. And he asks, are there tutorials we recommend? Well, there's a great series of YouTube tutorials by Russ Gifford. 
Oh, yes, Russ and another guy. And the other Sergeant guy. someone or... But if you Google that up, YouTube, yep, they're, all, they're on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. There's some great ones. Yeah, and you can listen to Newbie Doo, which is one of our very early episodes of the Two Half Squads. I think it must be around episode 20 or something yeah like you can that. use the search engine on our yeah. site which actually i've been using lately <laughs> yeah find the one called newbie do and that'll take you through a uh i think it was a starter scenario a starter kit scenario that we did for that episode yeah that's um, possible but that'll those, get you the, going those mechanics still apply yeah so good yes, luck thank good you luck. Wes. have fun finally a letter here from kelly who wrote and he says hi guys i'm a recent new player to asl I played the original squad leader back in the early 80s, but never made the jump to ASL before getting sidetracked with college and career. It's amazing to me how many of these letters have this similar storyline story to them. Mm-hmm. I recently found your podcast, and I've been listening to the most recent episodes, and have also started listening to the older ones from the beginning. My question is probably one that has been asked often, but would appreciate your insight. In looking at the MMP website, I see that with the exception of Beyond Valor, Yanks, and Hakapale, all the core modules are either temporarily out of stock or out of print. What's the difference? We actually don't know. We, I think we knew at one time, and now we don't. No, I don't think they ever really fully explained that. Oh, didn't they? That's a question for Perry. Mm-hmm. Next time we'll have to really nail him down on that, because I know there is a difference. Uh, he goes on and he says, will any of these out-of-stock or print modules be available again through MMP? Yes, they will. Maybe out-of-print meant not going to print it again. And out-of-stock meant... It could be, yeah, that could be. Like the out-of-print ones are not coming back. So, for instance, um, Kota Bushido will not be coming out well, they, again. They reissued because they reissued it as Rising, Rising Sun. Sun. And which is out of stock right now, but will be coming back in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that probably must, right. That's probably it. We're using our logic here. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but I already emailed him back and told him we don't know. So hopefully, well, hopefully you're listening. Hopefully he's listening. We figured it out. Thanks, Kelly, for writing and good luck. Well, I think that takes care of letters. It does take care of letters. That was a lot of letters, but, but boy, hey, it feels good. Yeah, you know, got to get the players matched up. So yeah. there was a request in there for opponents wanted. Good gaming tips, I guess. A lot of thank yous for supporters, which have to be done. Yes. And uh, other questions um, about the game system and w- and advice about storing things as yes. well. Do we have time, Jeff, for a little bit of terrain time? Or? I, th- I think we do. Hello, boys and girls. It's... Terrain time! Well, that sound means it's uh, time for terrain time. Terrain time. We always love that. We got a lot ready, but we won't have time for this show, so look no. for our next show, folks. Yeah. And we, we're going to be covering... This is High on a Windy Hill, which goes right along with our terrain time topic for tonight. Wire. I don't know how it goes together, but just just go with it, ladies and gentlemen. Stretch it. Here we go. Wire. I'm going to tell you all about Barbed wire, Dave. wire. All kinds of wire. Yeah, it's not just wire. It's probably nasty wire. Yeah. Stinky wire. Kind that hurts you. Wire is on a fortification counter. Now, 
they make that distinction. I'm not sure what difference it makes other than when you're reading the advanced uh, sequence of play, it might say things like place your fortification, fortification. counters at this time or remove fortification counters. Or okay. Whatever. So, um, wire gets placed at the start of a scenario. No other time. You can't create wire as you go along. No, you can't. It cannot be moved. No, you are right. It does not affect stacking limits. No, it does not. It's a beautiful thing. How many wire counters can you have per location? Why died per location? One. One is correct. So you You could have two in the same hex. That'd be a waste. Yeah, it's true. It'd be too much wire. Yeah, you don't because you can't. You don't roll twice to get under it. No, you don't. A uh, wire can be set up anywhere except for... Oh, oh, oh. Except for water obstacles? Correct. Sewers? Correct. Um, buildings, inside buildings? Buildings I never see them correct. There. Uh, I never see them in churches. churches. Churches is correct. No wire in churches at all. Um, or Starbucks. Those are star- no Starbucks. What about where Barney goes? You can't put it in rubble because it'd be already yeah, like right. mixed into the rubble. Yeah. And, and there's actually you can put it on water obstacles under certain locations. Oh, uh, certain if conditions. it's frozen, if it's frozen, if yeah, it's frozen. That's right. <laughs> and marshes. So and marshes. marshes. Yeah. Marsha, Marsha, marshes. <laughs> Unless she's frozen. Yeah. Is wire an obstacle? That is an obstacle to line of sight. No, it is it a hindrance to line of sight. No, it is not. No, and I kind of think it should be. No, you're right. It should be. Bullets will go right through. It's too thin. I mean, it's too thin. But this is fat wire. Probably the Russian wire was an obstacle. They discussed that when they were designing the game system and realized that would be too complicated. We could probably do a whole show just on the history of wire. In fact, you know, we should go back to these history segments. Remember, we should. We used to do. You did the great one on mortars. Yeah. Those were the days. Um, we should do one on wire simply because we live near DeKalb, Illinois. And DeKalb, Illinois has the dubious honor of being the only place in the world where there is a barbed wire museum. I did not know that. Yes. Uh, let me Google that up yeah. to put a note in our and show we, notes. We might have to do like a, a road trip. So the Two Half Squads is sponsoring a trip for listeners. You can win a trip to DeKalb, Illinois, where you will be. To the Wire Museum? To the Barb Wire Museum. Trip is worth $2.12. I don't think you're right. What? The Barb Wire Museum? I get the Elwood House. No. Look look up Barbed Wire Museum. Okay, keep going then, sir. I'm going to multitask. Okay. Oh, excellent. A unit on a wire. The Elwood House is haunted, Jeff. We got to go there, too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you are multitasking, but you're getting off the task. <laughs> uh, when a unit is crossing wire, the way it works is the unit will first get, as it moves into the hex, it's on top of the wire, and its next movement needs to go under the wire. It stays yeah. in the same hex. Which, it's just going... Under the yeah, wire. because visually it didn't work for me when I was learning the game. 
going through the wire. I thought maybe, you know, but the hexes aren't big enough to move through it left to right. Yeah. So you've got to imagine you're going through it when you're under it. Yes, that's right. So when it first moves in, you put the unit on top of the wire counter. And the next move, it you put it under the wire counter. Yes. You have to roll the die, right? Are you going to yeah. get to that? Or? Yeah. Now, a, uh, yeah, I'll get to that. A unit on a wire counter adds a plus one to any attack that it makes. Was it close combat attacks only? Uh, any attack. Any attack. Oh. Adds a plus one to any attack that it makes. And if if it's uh, ordnance in that hex, and there's wire, then it adds a plus one to the two-hit die roll modifier. Oh, okay. Now, infantry on a wire in close combat... Plus one against them. Neg, neg yes, one when right. you're trying to kill them, because yes. they're easier to kill. That's right. They have a plus one fighting back. Yes, because that goes make to sense the enemy to attack. So yeah. what does that represent? They're on the other side of the wire? Or they're tangled up trying to go through the they're wire? They're tangled up. Okay. They're tangled up in it. A unit on and under. Well, if you've got a unit on the wire and a unit and under one the under wire, it. are they in separate locations? Um, no. But I also did the foxhole rules, so I'm getting confused in my brain. Um, I don't want a foxhole except for weapon recovery and something else. Is that true here? Uh, oh, yeah, I'd Texas. forgotten about that. The fox, Do you know where, where they used a lot of barbed wire? Uh, where? Down in the heart of Texas. Oh, they did. That's true. Keeping those doggies. And did doggies. you know what? why the Elwood House keeps showing up? No, why? Because it's haunted? And <laughs> it's haunted your computer. The Elwood House was built as a private home by barbed wire interpret entrepreneur Isaac Elwood in 1879. Oh, wow. So the museum is in the Elwood House. Oh, it's in there. Oh, I see. It could be that's where barbed wire was Same invented. Same guy. I think yeah. that's possible. He's the inventor. Yeah. DeKalb, the Illinois, Colorado home of Northern Texas. Illinois University, one of the great universities in Northern Illinois. No, it's not. It's one of the best universities in DeKalb. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. So, yes, a unit on and under are in the same location. Same location. Now, a leader that is on or under wire, under the wire, can he direct units that are on the opposite side? Yes, he can. He can. That is correct. Can he rally units that are on the opposite side of the wire from him? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Oh, good. Exactly. Notice how I tried to throw you off just by changing the emphasis. This is a tricky one. Uh, for moving into a hex with wire, you just use the cost of terrain. And it gets you on top? Gets then you to on go top. under? Now this, I had to read this three times because yeah. I thought, oh, wait a minute. I thought it was just one more to get under. No. But no, it's, I, a, it's a single DR. That's the cool part. Small DR, so a single die roll to go under the wire. So one, you move on top, then you roll. And if you roll like a three, then it's three more movement factors to go underneath. Right. So you may not be able to get under. Yeah. You're hung up on the wire. Yeah. If you roll something higher than the remaining movement factors that you have left... You're stuck. Yeah, it's a very unpredictable fortification because, yeah, yeah, you could zip under it or you could be hung up for a couple turns. Yeah, which is nasty. 
Now you can only actually do your moving through the wire during the movement phase or the route phase. So there's no advancing. So if you get onto the wire, you can't advance to under the wire. Correct. It's like yeah. cheating. Yeah. You have to make that yeah, die roll. Yeah, it would be cheating. You have to make that die roll. Yeah. Also, units that are moving on or under are subject to first fire movement in open ground. If the terrain if it's allows. it's open ground terrain, yeah, yes. that's right. And for um, non-assault move. So even yes. if they're assaulting um, onto the wire. But you can declare assault move, if and if your roll ends up being die roll to get under, is less than your normal move, you succeeded keeping is, your advance uh, assault move, yes. That is correct, yes. Yes, and I, yeah, I misspoke back there, yes. And you may assault, if you were on, let's say you're on the wire and you were hung up, I have lots of hang-ups, Jeff. I can't. I just I don't you, know what to you, do. Dave, we don't have time <laughs> for all your hang-ups. You may assault move to go under the wire. Okay. So in your following turn, you want to be sure to get under there. You don't want to do the roll thing. No, you have to do the roll. But if your roll is less than the number of your normal moves. Oh, like that's four, quite right. Yes. If you roll three or less and you're a regular squad. Yeah. If it's greater than your movement factors, then, yeah, you're hung then up you again. Now, what about routing units? Do routing units pay the same kind of costs as units using their movement factors to move I'm, into I'm wire? saying yes. You are correct. If a routing unit gets hung up and they're adjacent to enemy units... They're screwed, baby. They, they, can e- they will either die... Or they will surrender. Okay. All right, a couple questions for you, Dave. Put on your thinking cap. Can motorcycles go through wire? No. What if it's the Steve McQueen hero <laughs> on yes. the motorcycle? Can they go under it, over it? They cannot. Okay. No. Man, I would think they'd get tangled up in your spokes. Yes, it definitely would. But it wasn't that a great scene in The Great Escape? Yes. It's always my favorite. And Remember we used Adam to play that. that movie. We used to play that with, when I lived in Cincinnati. Like on your bicycles? On our bicycles. We'd go <laughs> down this hill. And we'd be like, oh, yeah, we're Steve McQueen, man. <laughs> jump on the wire. And we'd actually get off the ground like an inch. And we're like, we're flying, man, over the wire. Do you remember when I first started riding my bike? Again, as an adult? Uh, I don't think I remember that. Tell you about this? No. I was going along, and I was starting to feel a little confident, and I thought I could jump a curb sideways. Really? All I would have to do is push really hard on the pedal and then pull up on my bike, and I could jump a curb sideways? Yeah, I went right over. Did you really? I fell right over. Oh, man. I don't know what I was thinking. Isn't that crazy? You're thinking the physics is different than Mm. it actually is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It does seem like it should go. I just thought, oh, I could just jump this. Yeah. This is the stupidest thing. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you're on the swings and you think, I'll jump off at the highest point and I'll do this beautiful arc (laughs) through the air. And you don't do that. You just, like, crash into the ground. It's physics. Uh, Can cavalry on horses, like really good horses that are good at jumping, can cavalry (laughs) go through wire? Uh, Leading question, so I'm going to say no. You are correct. They cannot. They could, but they they really get hurt. I mean, if they could really jump it, it's too complicated for a squad leader. Yeah. It's a simple game. Uh, What about horse-drawn vehicles? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Correct. 
Did you see the Wonder Woman movie? Yes. That was really good. Well, it had some really good parts, I should say. Yep, that. It was really good. Yeah, Remember I, I saw I it with you. Do you have a short-term memory problem? Yeah, <laughs> I do. What's your name again? We saw it yesterday, Jeff. Oh, did we? No. Who did I go I with? I went with my friends. wife uh, the other day. I went with Rick and his son, Danny. It was good. And the only reason why I brought it up, I don't know why, but there were some World War I scenes in there that I thought yeah. were really cool. Yeah. Good battle scenes. Uh, a glider or parachute, when it lands, if it lands on wire, where does it end up? On top or underneath? Ooh, on top. Underneath. Oh, okay. It just plows through it. How unfortunate, though, to land. You know, well, if you want to horrible? get through it, you're one of those guys that you train, do all that training for parachuting, and then you land in barbed wire. Yeah. Ow. But no, that'd be good because it gets you through the wire. Yeah, at least you get through. You get underneath. Uh, vehicles are never placed beneath wire. Okay. So armored cars, trucks, half-tracks, any idea what they pay in movement factors? No. They pay four movement factors to go into a hex with wire. But I remember it's a bog. Yeah, and it's a bog check. And a bog check, right. Fully tracked vehicles. So uh, uh, armored cars, trucks, half-tracks pay four movement factors. How about fully tracked? Two. Two is correct. Plus cost to terrain and a bog check. Yep, even for them. Yeah. Is bypass allowed? That is uh, by infantry. No, no, units? no. Never fills the whole hex. Yeah. What about vehicles? Vehicle bypass? No. It is allowed. Okay. But it must pay the normal wire costs, as we talked about just a moment ago. Plus, there's the bog check. But it only pays those penalties once and not per hex side. So if it's moving oh. along all the hex sides, it it's doesn't not, have to yeah. pay each time. Otherwise, it'd be like going through multiple wire yeah. stretched across the hex. Right. <clears throat> uh, if an infantry unit is on top of wire, can they set a DC? Uh, no. Can they throw a DC? Yes. No. Oh. That's the first one you've gotten wrong. You're like no, the, you were like the Iron Chef of ASL. Well, I said I don't know to several of them. Well, I, you, I say that to all of them. <laughs> so that's why I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. Can they place a DC from on top of wire? No. Yeah, correct. Can a unit uh, do uh, counter exhaustion double time? To get no, through no, wire. because you got to roll that dice. That's right. And they don't want you increasing your movement points and increasing your odds of getting under it in six, because then you'd roll a six and you'd make it. Double timing squad. Four movement points, factors. Double time I have six. Doesn't matter what I roll, I get under it. That's a lot more words than I have in my well, answer. My answer was this. Wait, let me read this to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually liked yours better. I had to memorize it that way when I was oh, yeah. learning. I remember doing that. What about dash? Can they dash no. through wire? No. It would Dashing down. through the wire. It pulling oh, on our no. pants. It's snagging <laughs> all our clothes. That's why. It makes me want to dance. Uh, now, we've talked about in previous episode about clearance rules, so I'm not going to yes, go through those. correct. Because wire you did that can report. be cleared. Mm-hmm. So see our previous episodes. 
Uh, and actually, that brings me to the end of Wire. Well, fantastic, because this show is about done. Yeah, I would say we're about done for that. And thank you to all those people from the 40s who wrote this and performed this beautiful music. Wonderful music. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate you so much. We do. We have to sign off now and Good say, to see you, Dave. We'll see you next time. Roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye-bye, Bye, everyone. Everybody. Jingle, jangle, jangle, as we go riding merrily along. And they say, oh, ain't you glad you're single? Because you know they ain't so very far from wrong. Do you have the lyrics pulled up on your screen? Uh, no, I don't. Did you make those up, or did you actually know them? I grew up in Texas. No, I didn't. But I lived in Texas for a couple of years when did I was... Did you actually know the lyrics? Two. Yeah. I lived in Texas for like a year when I was two. You are impressive. Yeah.